Welcome to the inaugural episode of Autonomy Bytes, a program dedicated to keeping you up to date on the latest trends, technologies, and applications of autonomous systems. Each episode highlights interviews with leading experts who provide their insights and opinions in a format that is educational and entertaining. I'm Dr. Andrew Shepard, Executive Director and Chief Scientist of Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, at the Sinclair College National UAS Training and Certification Center located in Dayton, Ohio. We're proud to have Sinclair as our show sponsor. I am joined by my co-host, Ryan Smith, a retired colonel in the United States Air Force, test pilot and aviation industry expert. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Andrew. It's great to be here with you launching the first show. And I am uh, super excited about the format and the group of experts that we'll be speaking with, starting with our first guest today, Dr. Gregory Krutzinger. Greg is truly an unmanned aerial systems and data analytics expert with experience in education and training, research, and operations. He's currently the Director of Applied Research at GeoAcuity, a company providing spatial insights, data services, and analytics through the full spectrum of geospatial technologies. Greg, thank you for joining us. Hey, Ryan and Andrew, thanks so much. It's great to be here. Greg, we have uh, known each other for several years now, and uh, you're always doing something really interesting that advances the state of the UAS industry. But today we wanted to focus on your work related to the application of UAS in response to wildfires. Of course, at the time of this recording, large areas of the American West, uh, particularly out in California, Oregon, and Washington, are in the midst of some of the worst wildfires on record. And I uh, know you've responded uh, during and in the aftermath of these in uh, previous fire seasons. Can you describe your experiences? Uh, how do you coordinate and support the first responders and emergency management groups uh, when they need your help? Yeah, so uh, as we speak, you know, just, just an hour away or so in Sonoma from where I'm living um, in the Bay Area is, is on fire and there's, there's ravaging through some of the neighborhoods up there. Uh, this past week was my fifth deployment on a fire in the past three years or so. And my role is really to help facilitate the data funnel that's coming off the drones. So I, typically I'm not flying, though I'm part 107 and I fly a lot for other commercial applications. I'm there to support up to 15 drone teams uh, from public safety, law enforcement, fire that are doing the flying. And really I'm there to help coordinate all the flow of the information to repackage it and process it. And then we visualize as a team here at GeoAcuity uh, to then get that to the agencies and the stakeholders involved. So it's really to be the central core of how do we uh, really package this information and make it usable and simple, but to turn it around as fast as humanly possible, basically is our role to take a, you know, half a terabyte of information and try and get it to you by tomorrow. That's our goal. So Greg, it's, you know, it's great that uh, you've been able to use UAS and integrate that into the wildfire response, uh, you know, and to be able to help people that are out there in need. And it's also great that the emergency, uh, emergency responders, the first responders have been able to see a value in that technology. But if you take that just a little bit deeper, what, what type of aircraft and sensors are being used in the response to get the request for aid? It, and are you largely collecting imagery for maps, videos, or a combination of data types and formats? What, what exactly are you gathering? Sure, um, there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, let me just briefly say that like, you know, I fully recognize drones are just one tool in the suite of tools available for having geospatial or, or intelligence on disaster operations. 
you know, they're on-demand, they're high resolution, but they're smaller spatial scale compared to manned aircraft or satellites. So let's just put them in the piece that they, where they, they, they lie and not just try and make drones do everything. We don't just fly drones just for the sake of it. Um, we're really flying it to capture very specific on-demand information and then nest that within a bigger picture. The drones that we use are um, typically the, the ones that law enforcement or fire are using, which is that you're off the shelf DJI drones, uh, Mavics, Phantoms, drones that they're familiar with. And so I really have to work with what the teams have, and then I try and assign them to the roles of what they're comfortable with in terms of flying. More recently, we've needed to advance a bit to vertical takeoff transition vehicles um, and in order to cover larger areas in terms of maps. Um, but we can work with anything from, you know, uh, an off-the-shelf consumer drone to higher-end drones. For me, what really matters is the information that is coming off of it and their ability to do mission planning and programmed missions in order to capture the proper types of maps and, and other data layers that are coming up. So it's, it's really kind of a, a, a hodgepodge of different tools that are there and me just trying to figure out where to plug all the pieces in with the, with the hand that I'm dealt. Hey, Greg, uh, I know our listeners can't see the results of your uh, collection flights and the data processing, but uh, I can relay that they are really, truly stunning. Uh, particularly when you compare the differences in conditions before the fires to their aftermath. So how uh, important is it uh, in this change detection analysis before and after the fire or even over time as an area begins to recover environmentally and uh, through the rebuilding of that infrastructure? Sure. Um, so just overall, my let me just explain my philosophy on the data. So um, I'm always trying to keep in mind like the professional geospatial folks that would use the data, but also the public and how they interact with it. And I try and build tools that um, leverage the storytelling side of drones um, for, for the imagery and the beautiful analytics or visuals that they provide, but then we try and put it in a quantitative way so that people that are specialists in maps and, and monitoring can use it too. And so I use a portfolio of tools, we use photos, we use a lot of panoramas. Panoramas are an easy way to think of like a Google Street View of a disaster zone, but in the sky at 400 feet up. Um, but it's also something that's much easier to do than mapping, especially we've been working in pretty serious terrain. And then we use traditional 2D and 3D data products that are standard in the drone industry, um, two-dimensional orthomosaics or maps that are corrected for perspective. 3D models, et cetera. So it's really a portfolio that we use. And then it depends on um, what the request is from the coordinating agency. So they request through mutual aid for drone teams to come in. Uh, we work with them to think about what data products are um, appropriate or even possible given smoke conditions and other things. And then we try and coordinate the teams effectively within one to two days to capture what we need and then process that and, and turn it around quickly. So that's kind of uh, the ultimate end goal uh, or end result is pretty striking uh, to be able to click hundreds of panoramas over burned out areas and see your property, your house, or your school and be able to understand the full extent of a disaster. We're telling that story, but we're trying to do it through maps and imagery um, so that people can understand the full scope of, of what these, the damage and impact of these wildfires, which is really tragic. Every fire I've worked on has been a deadly uh, wildfire. Someone has died. Greg, it's, 
we could listen to you for hours here. It's been an, an awesome review of the importance of UAS and the emergency response and damage assessment. But unfortunately, we're rapidly coming to the end of our first episode here. So is there anything else you'd like to highlight before our time ends today? Sure. I think we put the cart before the horse in the drone industry of focusing on the drone. And I've seen a lot of deployments um, of using drones in disasters um, that forget about having this core aspect of data analysts and data processing right alongside working together. And the most effective way to approach a disaster is to really think about the eyes in the sky, the drones, but that flow of information to the end stakeholder. If you don't think about that ahead of time, you're just gonna end up with a hard drive full of thousands of photos and, and video, and it's gonna end up in a desk somewhere. Hey, Greg, uh, you know, th thank you again for joining us on this first episode of Autonomy Bytes, uh, and thank you for the important work that you're doing in support of wildfire response and uh, you know, supporting those first responders and advancing the UAS industry. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, you know, anytime. Uh, well, Ryan, you know, it's, it's hard to believe, but we're already at the end of our first show. Absolutely. It, that is hard to believe. I'm, I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it as much as you and I did. And I'd like to just add my thanks to Greg for joining us and acknowledge our sponsor, the Sinclair College National UAS Training and Certification Center. We encourage everyone to stay alert for new episodes with expert interviews from across the autonomy space. And of course, help us spread the word. So Andrew, what do you want everyone to remember? Well, I think it's uh, that autonomy bites. All right, thanks everyone, see you soon.